the only clause I'm going to put on this message is this. I have prayed, asked God. I don't ever want to take advantage of the pulpit for my own agenda, my own motive. I always want to feel like I'm saying what the Lord would have me to say. I'm just a vessel. And before I get to thinking too highly of myself, I have to remember that God used a rooster. He used a donkey. He used all kind of things. And I'm just a vessel. Oh, hallelujah. I always want to stay humble in the sight of God and realize my responsibility is just to deliver the message. And every time that I would think about and pray about this service this morning, this particular thought came back to me. I mean every time. So I'm just going to obey what I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart as we turn your attention to Exodus chapter 30. Exodus chapter 30. Beginning with verse 22. Exodus chapter 30, verse 22. And it reads like this. Moreover, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take thou also unto thee principal spices of pure myrrh, five hundred shekels, and of sweet cinnamon, half so much, even 250 shekels, and of sweet calamus, 250 shekels. And of acacia, 500 shekels after the shekel of the sanctuary, and of oil, olive, and hen. Thou shalt make in it an oil of holy anointing, an ointment compound after the art of the apothecary. It shall be an holy anointing oil. Bishop talked to us today about holiness. Thank you so much. Thou shalt anoint the tabernacle of the congregation therewith and the ark of the testimony, and the table and all his vessels, and the candlestick and his vessels, and the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offering with all his vessels, and the labor in his foot. And thou shalt sanctify them that they may be most holy. Whatsoever toucheth them shall be holy. Verse 30, and thou shalt anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. Thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel, saying, This shall be an holy anointing oil unto me throughout your generations. Upon man's flesh shall it not be poured, neither shall you make any other like it after the composition of it. It is holy, it, is, it shall be holy unto me. Whosoever compoundeth any like it, or whosoever putteth any of it upon a stranger, shall even be cut off from the people. And the Lord said unto Moses, Take unto thee sweet spices, stacti, and anica, and galbanum, or galbanum, these sweet spices with pure frankincense, of each shall there be a like weight. Thou shalt make it a perfume. Somebody say perfume. A confection after the art of the apothecary, tempered together, pure and holy. Thou shalt beat it, beat some of it very small, and put of it before the testimony in the tabernacle of the congregation. Well, I will meet where I will meet with thee, it shall be unto you most holy. And as for the perfume which thou shalt make, ye shall not make to yourselves according to the composition thereof, it shall be unto thee holy for the Lord." Whosoever shall make like unto that, to smell thereto, shall even be cut off from his people. And I would like to preach today, if the Lord would anoint me, and I think he will, uh, with this title, Pure Praise. Can we lift our hands and ask God 
for his anointing not just to rest upon me, but to anoint and rest upon the ears of the hearers. Can I hear you pray this morning? your sweet spirit, your presence, your anointing, oh God, we thank you for your touch that we feel even in this house this morning. We ask you for your anointing to rest upon every person in this room, amen, starting with myself, and God, let it get into their ears and let it seep into their hearts and let it be a life-changing word that they hear today in the name of Jesus. Can we give the Lord one more hand clap of praise? God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you for your attention to the Word of the Lord today. Uh, let me get a little crowd interaction. Uh, uh, before I go any further, I'll say it's, it's great to have my wife with me today. Um, just a beautiful, godly example that God has blessed me with. I'm thankful for her. And um, I, I tell people back home, I say, uh, the people in Oil City love my wife, so they put up with me. So, Amen. That's enough brownie points. Let me move on. Uh, let, let's get a little crowd interaction here today. Um, this demands a response, so I, I, I want to see some response if you would help. Anybody want to help me today? Amen. Has anybody ever been through trouble and struggle in your life? Oh, you said you was going to help me, so I may go you just a little bit here today. Amen. Has anybody ever been through trouble and struggle in your life where it didn't seem that you could tell which way was up and which way was down? And I understand while we are sitting nice and pretty on a Pentecostal pew, amen, it's, it's our way in Pentecost to try to hide our problems and act like everything is all right. But there's something about the transparency similar to what Pastor Green was showing this morning. There's just that transparency that, hey, my life is not perfect. I, I, I've got some problems and some situations that I deal with on a daily basis. There's something about the transparency of people that will get God's attention and God will show up. Amen. He don't tend to like the stoic. He doesn't tend to like the religious. He doesn't tend to like the ones who just sit there and feel like God ought to be honored because they showed up and they call it worship. But he likes people who will be transparent in the presence of God and say, God, I stand here today and I've got a problem. I've got situations I don't know how to handle. I've got things in my life that I don't know what to do anything about. Can somebody relate to what I'm preaching to you this morning? Oh, uh, hallelujah. So let's continue with the interaction. Has anybody, if you would be transparent enough to admit it, have you ever been to the place where you didn't feel like you could make it another day? I'll just go ahead and raise both hands. Uh, just, just not sure how it was going to turn out. And has anybody ever felt like your prayers were hollow? Uh, maybe I'm the only one that's ever experienced that before. You kneel down, kneel down and pray, and it feels like they're echoing off of the four walls and off of the ceiling and off of the floor, and it feels like, amen, God is a million miles away, away in some heaven, and he cannot hear you, that your prayers are not even penetrating the ceiling tile. Amen, it feels like I'm in 
ineffective and I'm ineffectual in my prayers sometimes. Am I the only one that has felt that way? Amen. Where are you, God? Why are you not answering my prayer? I feel the help of the Holy Ghost coming right now. God, why are you not answering my prayer? Why am I having to go through what I'm going through? Why am I having to endure what I am enduring? Amen. Has anybody ever felt broken and alone before? Anybody? Come on, help me. I need some crowd interaction. I need you to just be honest with me a little bit. I know sometimes in ministry, amen, we feel alone. But I also know from experience of sitting on the pew as a saint for many years before, before I got into ministry that sometimes as a saint of God, you just feel all alone, that nobody knows where you are, that nobody knows what you're going through. Amen. Can I come to help somebody today? God is still an ever-present help in the time of trouble. Amen. We felt broken. Amen. We felt alone. We felt sorry for ourselves. We might as well just go ahead and admit it. We felt sorry for ourselves every once in a while. Amen. Has anybody ever felt like you didn't know God even knew your name? Oh, hallelujah. If you don't get with me, what I'm going to say is not going to make a whole lot of sense. I hope I'm getting your attention this morning by these, these questions because, again, in our religiosity, we want to come to church and act like everything is all right and act like everything is fine. We're looking good. We're looking Pentecostal. We clap on the right cue, and we pat our foot on the right cue. But when we get in the car to head home, the problem that faced us when we came into this building is still going to beat I've come to help somebody today out of your dilemma, out of your seat of complacency and aloneness. I've come to help some Pentecostal today and let you know if I could strip the cover off of your life right now and expose you to everybody else, then they would see the brokenness. They would see the hurting. They would see the pain. You're looking good, but on the inside, amen, you're hurting. Amen, you don't know what to do, which way to turn with some Somebody help me today by being transparent. Stand to your feet right now and say, I know exactly what that preacher's talking about because I've been there. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And I know this seems a little bit strange, but just bear with me. There's nothing about the realness and the honesty of people that God loves. Uh, he doesn't like the hypocritical spirit of people that come and act like everything is all right. And God knows the thoughts and the intents of our heart. Amen. I want to be honest with God. We might as well be honest with God because when nobody else knows what's going on on the inside, he knows the thoughts and the intents of our heart. I just wonder if somebody in this service could plug into the word of the Lord and understand that when you're in the presence of God, is a good time to be honest with him and say, God, I know you know, but I want you to know that I know that I need you today. I've tried it on my own. I've done everything I knew how to do. I prayed. I fasted. I gave. I was faithful. I don't know what else to do. So in your presence today, I'm just going to admit my brokenness. I'm going to admit my pain. Uh, I'm going to admit. I'm going to admit to you that I've got a problem that I don't know what to do about. I'm going to admit to you today that I've got some situations 
conditions that I need for you to intervene in. Amen. You can help me or not. I'm going to preach and get through this today. Amen. When I get done, I'm going to go back to the house, and then you'll get pastor back. But right now, I've come to help somebody to understand that there is no friend like Jesus. There is no God like Jesus. There is no... There is no Savior like him. Would you lift up the name of Jesus today? And if you've testified today and said amen, clap your hands in response to any of these questions that I've asked and I've come to bring you hope today. Anybody want hope? There's enough fear. There's enough hopelessness. If anybody ought to have hope, it ought to be the people of God. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Life gets tough sometimes. At least in all city Louisiana, where I'm from, life gets tough sometimes. There's situations that arise. We don't know what to do. There's family members that just go crazy. There's church members that backslide, and there's people that we just don't understand. What in the world are they doing? Have they lost their mind? Life gets tough sometimes. Amen. Life is full of bitter pills to swallow. And the enemy of your soul would like for you to think this morning that in the valley is a good time to give up. Mm, Help me, Jesus. It was one of these places in life. Uh, Bishop began to talk about Elijah today. I was hoping he wasn't going to preach my point right here. Oh, hallelujah. It was one of these places in life that we find the Old Testament prophet Elijah, 1 Kings chapter 19. Uh, The great miracle had just taken place. He's running for his life. He's hiding and he's... God, he's going to, he wants to hear the voice of God. And so he's standing there waiting and listening for the voice of God. Uh, God was not in the wind. Can I help somebody today? God was not in the earthquake. God was not in the fire. God was in the still small voice. Now, on a Sunday morning, we expect God to be here when the drummer hits the right beat, and we expect God to be here when the acoustic guitar makes the right strum and the bass player makes the right thumping key, amen, and the, the, the keyboardist hits the right chord. We expect God to show up. Oh, help me. We expect God when the praise singers sing so beautifully as they did this morning. And we expect God to show up after we've given our offering and honor to our giving. And we expect God to show up when people are screaming and shouting and amen, rolling the floor on a Sunday morning in worship service. We expect God to show up. And I would believe that's probably where Elijah was. He expected God to show up in the wind, but God wasn't in the wind. He expected God. God to show up in the earthquake, but God was not in that great shaking experience. He expected God to show up in the fire when all the impurities and all of the junk could be burned out, but God was not in the fire. Amen. What we see is that God was in the still small voice. Amen. And I would like to tell some Pentecostal this morning that when it seems God is not in the fire, God is not in the earthquake, and God 
God is not in the wind. Sometime he is in the still small voice. And I know we've heard this preached all of our lives for those of us that have been in church. But let me remind you of a revelation that came to me. It may not be a great revelation to you. But in order for Elijah to hear the voice of God, amen, after the earthquake, the fire, and the wind, in order for Elijah to hear the voice of God. Is it okay if I walk around a minute? I mean, I'm getting kind of old. I may not get back up here again. Amen. Stand up. Look at me. Amen. Stand up. Would you help me this morning? In order for Elijah to be able to hear the voice of God means that God was up close and personal. I'd never thought about that before. And sometime in our aloneness and sometime in the quietness when nobody else understands and nobody understands and knows what we're going through. Amen. When we don't feel him in a red hot Sunday night service or Sunday morning service, sometime God wants to get up close and personal with us and have an intimate relationship with us and talk to us one-on-one. -on -one. I've come to preach to somebody, amen, when you don't feel him in the shout. It could be that God's wanting to pull you up close like he did Elijah. You understand it had to be an up-close and personal experience for Elijah to hear the voice of God. If you want to hear the voice of God, sometimes it's going to be quiet and God is going to draw you up close to him in a personal, intimate relationship. Does anybody want to have that kind of relationship with him today where he knows you and you know him. You call him by name, but he also calls you by name. Is anybody thankful to be serving a God who can get up close and personal with you? Oh, hallelujah. And although it's in the valley, in the quiet times, that it seems the enemy would like to present us with the idea that it's time to quit. I want to counter that today and let you know that the valley is the perfect place to praise and worship God. It was in that place that Job was. Let me remind you. He said, naked I came into this world, naked I shall return. <laughs> Blessed be the name of the Lord. He said things like, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. You might as well curse God and die. No, I'm going to praise him. You might as well give up and throw in the towel. And No, I'm just going to lift up the name of the God that I serve. No, no, nobody understands why you're doing what you're doing. They don't have to understand why you praise in your dilemma, but something special happens. There is a pure praise that can emanate from your down times and your low places in life. Let me present to you when you are in the valley similar to where Job was, and yet you lift up the name of Jesus. That is the purest form of praise. Anybody can shout. Oh, hallelujah. Anybody can shout when everybody else is shouting. Oh, let me, let me try it over here. I said anybody can shout when everybody else is shouting. Oh, hallelujah. Sister Green said, amen. Shake those chains off. Amen. You got freedom in the house. Praise the Lord. Come on, let's practice it just a little bit. Would you help me? And, and, and everybody can shout when somebody else is shouting. Oh, hallelujah. But when you're all by yourself, 
Oh, hallelujah. I, I was reminded one day I was out in my backyard splitting wood. And I had the pile so high I couldn't even see it. I would just split it and flip it on the pile. And I had my ear pods in, and, and, and I was listening to a worship song came on. And I don't even remember the worship song, but the presence of the Lord fell. Now, I live in the country, but I have neighbors, right? And, and, and I began to think about the goodness of God. The Holy Ghost fell on me. Amen. I lifted my hands, and I thought in myself, you know what? My neighbors are going to think I'm crazy. Then another thought hit me. said, no, this is my property. I paid the taxes on it. I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus. Thank you, Brother Rhodes. Brother Rhodes, a fellow brother in the Lord. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for helping me this morning. Amen. I pay the taxes around here. I pay the mortgage. This is my house. I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus. I don't care who's looking. I don't care who cares. I may be all by myself going down the road. Amen. I want to have the wherewithal to lift up the name of Jesus. Amen. So it ought to be easy today. Oh, I'm setting you up right now. It ought to be easy right now. But, but some of us are, are still stuck in our comfort zone. Oh, hallelujah. I, I'm, I'm not going to pastor this morning. Let me hurry and move on. Uh, it ought to be easy. Uh, my old pastor used to tell me, if they don't pray at church, they're more than likely not praying at home. And, and let me just carry that one step further. Uh, if you're not praising at church, you're probably not praising at home either. But I want my home. I want everywhere that I go to be an opportunity to lift up the name of Jesus. You have to remember what the wise man said in Ecclesiastes, to everything there is a season, a time, every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing racing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to win and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. Amen. Can I remind you of what David said? Amen. Pastor again, Bishop was about to touch on my notes today. He said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continue be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. Oh, come on, get on board with us today. Let's lift up the name of Jesus together. Verse 8, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Praise the Lord. Uh, 
You know it's important to be in church. Praise the Lord. Saying that you can get ex the same experience at home, talking about how good the presence of the Lord is, it's going to get denominationally quiet. But i got to say this today. I just feel it in my spirit. It's similar to watching Emeril Lagasse cook a steak, a steak and talking about how good that steak was and how good that steak smelled. And it was seasoned just right. It had just the right amount of char on the outside. And it was cooked to the perfection. Sitting at home and talking about how good the presence of God is. Pastor Green, if you're listening, I'll be done with this in a minute. But i got to say this today. There's something about coming in the presence of the Lord. There's no accident that David said, let's do it together. So can we practice that just a minute? We call ourselves people of worship and praise, and when they come from the denominal churches, they don't, see, they don't come to see dead, dry church. They come to see you roll in the floor. They come to see you dance. They come to see you shake the shackles off of your hands. So can we practice just a little bit this morning? I, I just wish just for a moment we could get 100% participation and everybody would stand to your feet and let us exalt the name of the Lord together. I find myself coming back to this passage of Scripture a lot, and I think the reason is because we need to grasp what David is trying to say. If you think that David's life was perfect, then you have to have another thought coming, I would say. Amen. Can I help somebody today? I, I love the fact, I, I love the fact that God doesn't leave the stories of Adam's failures and Abraham's failures and Jacob's failures and David's failures out of the holy word of God. I appreciate the fact that the Bible doesn't leave out that Peter had some problems. Uh, we like to think of him as a conference preacher because he preached on the day of Pentecost, but Peter had some problems. Amen. I love the fact that the Bible doesn't leave out that Rahab was a heart in the city of Jericho, yet she made her way in the lineage of G Jesus. And I know you're looking good today. You're looking Pentecostal, but you haven't always looked that way. Amen. God stepped into your life one day and filled you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and now you are where you are for the Bible the grace of God. We are blessed. We are blessed beyond measure. But although we're blessed, none of us, none of us live a perfect life in a perfect world. Amen. And I want to give you hope through the Word of God this morning. We need to quit trying to live a life of perfection that people post on social media. Stop comparing ourselves to the messiness or, or, or their seemingly perfectness to the messiness of our own lives. And everybody wants to post the perfection, but nobody wants to post the problems. Everybody wants to post the kids dressed up in matching dresses and matching suit. Everybody smile on Easter Sunday morning. But nobody wants to post in the middle of the night, amen, babies screaming and crying with colic and dirty diapers and throw up all over the floor.
I just got real with you. You understand what I'm talking about? Everybody wants to post their perfection. I believe it's no accident that the writer of the Word of the Lord says it's not wise that we compare ourselves among ourselves. David said, I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. He also said in Psalm 118, verse 24, this is the day. Pastor, you was just preaching my message. Bishop, you was all over me today. I was like, oh, Lord, he's going he's to ruin the, the, the punchline here today. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Now that's a choice you got to make. I've seen people get happy in their sadness. Amen. And every day is full of pain and sorrow, and that's where they want to live. But something happens in the heart of a saint of God that says, I may be down today, but I'm not going to be down tomorrow. I may be going through the valley of the shadow of death today, but I'm coming out of this thing tomorrow. I, I, I may have got a negative report from the doctor today, amen, but I'm going into a season of prayer, and when I wake up in the morning, the God that I serve has the final say. So I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. Does anybody feel like rejoicing today? Sister Green said it. Sometimes it, it just bubbles up out of the heart, and we got we to gotta shake a hand, shake a leg. Amen. We got to jump. We got to dance. We got to clap. We have to do something. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will, definitive statement. That's not predicated of what the day's made of. That's not predicated by what your neighbor said across the fence. That's not predicated about what the letter said you got from the lawyer. Oh, Jesus. He said, it's a day God's made, so I'm just going to rejoice. Now, now back home, um, I get to feel in the presence of the Lord, and I have to make, I call it a fat boy lap. I just run around the pulpit, you know. And, and there's some young men in the church that I ask them, I say, Carson, would you make a lap? I just wonder, this may not even be in order, and if it is, pastor can straighten me out after service. But I just wonder if there's a young man that can make a lap for me right now in the presence of God. This day. Right now. Yeah. He said, it doesn't matter what you're going to go through. It doesn't matter what the problem's going to be. Today's a day that the Lord has made. Well, you don't understand what I'm going through. I may not understand what you're going through, but one thing I do understand, that today is a day that the Lord has made, and I'm going to rejoice, and I'm going to be glad in it. Come on, clap your hands to him. Let the liberty of the Holy Ghost flow through this house right now as we begin to lift up the name of Jesus. Come on, lift up the name of Jesus. Exalt him right now.
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, something's stirring right now. Let's lift up the name of Jesus. God, we love you today. We glorify your holy name today. You're so good to us, God. Hallelujah. We have to understand that the statement that David penned was not predicated by problems and circumstances. That lets me know that what I go through does not determine the bigness and the greatness of God. It does not determine whether he's good to me or not. Amen. My problems and my circumstance and my sickness and my pain and my brokenness does not predicate the bigness of my God. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know what time you normally get out. I'll make a deal with you, all right? I'll just quit when I get through, all right? I, I can remember. Oh, magnify the Lord. How do, how do you magnify the Lord? How do you make God bigger? It's impossible to make God bigger. But I can remember headed across the state of Colorado and, amen, 50, 60 miles away, you begin to see those little mountains in the, in the distance. Anybody ever drove in, driven across the plains of Colorado, you know what I'm talking about. You see those mountains in the distance. It just seems to be a haze. Amen. All of a sudden, you get a little bit closer. You say, oh, those are mountains in the distance. Those are the great Rocky Mountains if you've never been there before. Amen. And all of a sudden, you get a few miles closer, and those mountains get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. The closer you get, the bigger. Oh, hallelujah. You already got the point. How do you magnify the name of the Lord? You get as close to him as you can. How do you make God bigger in your life? You just get right up there beside him. Somebody needs to understand today, you can't make God any bigger, but you can get closer to God and your perception will change about the bigness of God. Anybody feel like magnifying the name of the Lord today? This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. <laughs> Here's the problem. In our humanity, we all want to be delivered out of it. Now, you can lump anything you want to under the word it, but David said we will rejoice in it. Pure praise. You listen to me this morning. Pure praise happens in every situation in life. And I looked it up in the original. There's no hidden meanings. There's no hidden words there. It simply lends to the idea of perpetually praising God every day. No matter what the report is, just praise Him. I'm talking about pure praise. We don't just praise and worship God with our lips on Sunday. We praise and worship Him with our lives on Monday and every other day of the week. Amen. What you have been through and what you're going through today, what you may experience tomorrow, does not change the fact that God is worthy of our praise and worship. Amen. It does not change the fact that He's worthy to be adored. Amen. What we have to determine is that our problems are like thereof, are not going to predicate our praise. We're just going to wake up in the morning and we're going to put our praise on. We're just going to get up in the morning and we're going to start singing. We're going to start lifting up the name of Jesus. It's already been predetermined. 
I, I don't wait till I get in the valley and then try to make a decision whether I'm going to praise him or not. David said, I'm just going to lift up the name of the Lord regardless of what kind of day I'm having. It's already been predetermined. It's already been predecided. I'm just going to get up in the morning and I'm going to lift up the name of my God. Would somebody shout his name right now? God is worthy, and I'm just going to praise him. No matter what I'm going through, I'm going to praise him. If it's a good day, I'm going to praise him. If it's a bad day, I'm going to praise him. Amen. In, in my living and in my dying, I'm going to praise him. Whether it's planting time like the wise man said or harvest time, I'm going to praise him. Whether it's breaking time or building time, I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus. No matter if it's crying times or laughing times, I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus. Anybody feel like lifting him up today? If I'm walking with my head hung low and singing the blues, or if I'm dancing with joy, I'm just going to praise him. If life is full of hugs from family and friends, or it seems that I'm all by myself and nobody knows where I'm at, I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus in prosperity and in poorness. I, with the bill collectors calling, I'm just going to praise him. I'm just going to lift up the name of Jesus. If oil and gas prices are high or if oil and gas prices are low, that hits close to oil city. I don't know about the Austin area. Amen. But I'm going to praise him. If the stock market is at an all-time high or if it's at an all-time low, I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus. No matter if I'm eating a two-inch prime cut ribeye, amen, charred to perfection on an oak fire or whether I have to pop the lid on a can of potted meat, I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus. Amen. I think I I just got down to where some of you live right now. It's lunchtime, and you can relate to that kind of stuff. You understand that it doesn't matter what I'm going through. Can anybody hear the word of the Lord? My circumstance does not determine whether God, whether or not God is worthy to be praised. Somebody ought to praise him right now. Hallelujah. Whew. I know life gets tough. We've been through some very hard times. But through it all, Bishop, you said it this morning, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. Somebody lift your hands and magnify the name of the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Come on, the presence of the Lord is here. And when I make statements like I'm fixing to make, you understand it would make me appear to be insensitive. But I'm not trying to be insensitive. I've got my own problems. I've got my own family situations. I've got my own church situations. I'm not trying to be insensitive. I want to make a point here today, though. You say, well, you don't understand. You preach things like that, and you don't understand what I've been through, what I'm going through. You, you, you don't understand. 
No, I may not understand what you're going through, but I do understand that God is faithful. Oh, hallelujah. I, 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 I may not understand your problems, and I don't have to understand your problems to understand that God is worthy to be adored. Anybody feel like adoring the name of Jesus right now? Come on, I need some help right now. Can we lift up the name of Jesus? Oh, hallelujah. God, we thank you for your presence, your touch. We thank you for your anointing today. We thank you for your word, God. Thank you for your encouragement. Oh, hallelujah. Would you, would you give me just a few more minutes? I, 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 let me get through this, please. Would you just give me a few more minutes? You, you know the story in 1 Samuel chapter 30. Verse 6 says, And David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. Hallelujah. The situation was dire. Everybody was against him. Up until this point, he was the greatest thing that came along. But now they're talking about stoning him. David said, when I don't have anybody else, I still got the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. And when I'm all alone, my family and friends have turned against me. The name of the Lord is still a strong tower. The righteous can run into it and find safety and strength. Oh, hallelujah. Can I take you back to our text just for a moment? Verse Verse 34, and the Lord said unto Moses, Take unto thee sweet spices stacked in Annika and Galbanum, these sweet spices with pure frankincense. Of each shall there be a like weight. Thou shalt make it a perfume, a conf confection after the art of the apothecary, tempered together, pure and holy. Thou shalt beat some of it very small and put of it before the testimony in the tabernacle of the congregation where I will meet with thee, it shall be unto you most holy. And as for the perfume which thou shalt make, ye shall not make unto yourselves according to the composition thereof. It shall be unto thee holy for the Lord. Whosoever shall make like unto that, to smell thereto shall even be cut off from his people. It was a holy perfume, a holy anointing oil. It was sacred. It was to be for God alone. There were to be equal parts of Stactin, Onikin, Galbanum, and Frankincense. I began to look at this and began to study this. This was the impetus for this message. This is where it came from. That, that, that Stacti, it was a, a powder created by crushing the hardened droplets of sap and the bark from the myrrh bush. When they, they would take these hardened crystals. If you've seen pine trees or cedar trees, you've seen those hardened droplets of sap. And they would take these hardened droplets of sap and they would take these pieces of bark and they would put them in a mortar and a pestle and they would begin to grind them. And it was in this grinding, pressing process that the fragrance of this myrrh plant was released. Oh, Jesus. Then Annika, pastor may have preached this last week. If he had, just, just give me a, just give me a, a courtesy nod. Would you do that for me? Annika. It was a powder. It was a powder that was created from some type of Red Sea shellfish. And they would take these shells from 
from these shellfish and they would grind them and they would, they would, they would grind them into a fine powder. And he said, I want you to take this stacky, this little bit of the droplets of sap from the myrtle tree. I want you to mix it with this Red Sea shellfish and I want you to take some galbanum. And basically the sap, uh, galbanum was a sap from the galbanum plant and that sounds just real deep, I understand. But it, 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 it has a very pungent odor in it was, it was valuable, they say, because it had the capacity to preserve a fragrance. Oh, hallelujah. It had the capacity to preserve a fragrance or perfume and allow it to be distributed over a long period of time. They could smell it outside the tent. And two days later when they walked by, I said, man, I smell that anointing oil. Oh, sakarabakataya. Would the musicians come today? Ah, I, I still smell the anointing oil as it lingers because of the capacity of this galbanum to make it linger in the atmosphere. Can I help somebody today? To get to the value of the stacky. I don't want to just preach a pretty message. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not preaching pretty today to try to get an invitation to come back. If I never preach here today, I hope, again here, I hope today I can help somebody to understand the value of your broken praise to get the value of the stacti to get the value of the annika the value of the galbanum it had to be broken it had to be crushed it had to be beaten it had to be bruised in order for those fragrances to be released into the atmosphere i, I see something similar in the production of extra virgin olive oil. They say they, they smash it, they compress it, they squeeze it, they do all of these things and, and then they, they either they put it into a press or they put it into a centrifuge. A centrifuge is modern technology where they spin it and all of the olive oil droplets come to the one place, they separate it out and that's how they get extra virgin olive oil. And I would like to tell you that if you feel like you've been crushed, he sat if you feel like you've been pressed beyond measure, your life is spinning out of control, then you have the potential to give God the purest form of praise and worship that anybody could ever give. Because anybody can praise Him whenever everybody else is praising Him. Anybody can praise Him on a good day. But what about those days of brokenness and pain? And when you find yourself in the presence of God on those days of brokenness and you say, God, I don't understand what I'm going through. I don't understand this circumstance. But one thing I know today, God looks down and he sees that pure praise that begins to blow off of your lips. Because while the world and the enemy says it's a good time for you to check out and quit, Amen. When you offer up that pure praise in the presence of God in your brokenness, I present to you today, that is the purest form of praise that anybody could offer to Him. Is there anybody broken here today? Is there anybody here that would be honest enough in the presence of all of these witnesses and in the presence of God to say, I've had some troubled days recently. We'll need your help today because I preached for the last 40 minutes or so. and Everything I've said up to this point is going to be of none effect if you don't respond to what you feel the Spirit tugging at you with right now. Is, is there anybody? 
is there anybody that's been misunderstood and you just don't understand why you're having to go through what you're going through and you've read the doctor's report and you don't understand why God hadn't healed you yet. I'm inviting you to come today if you've ever been there because you understand it's at that point of brokenness that you can release something into the atmosphere that's not just going to affect your now. It's not just going to affect where you are now, but it's going to have the capacity to linger in the atmosphere. And it's not just going to affect how you feel right now, and it's not going to affect the atmosphere right now. But when you wake up in the morning, that fragrance of that pure praise that you've released into the atmosphere is still going to be able to be smelt and felt. Amen. When you get up in the morning because of the capacity of that pure, holy anointing oil, amen, that you've released into the atmosphere right now. Somebody offer him some pure praise right now. It was at the lowest point of Jesus' life. It was about the sixth hour. and There was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. And the sun was dark and the veil of the temple was rent in the midst Jesus cried with a loud voice and said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said this, he gave up the ghost. Oh, hallelujah. Some people have a hard time understanding if Jesus was God, then how could he pray a prayer like this? But we understand as apostolics that it was nothing more than his flesh, the man, Mary's contribution, if you will, crying out to the spirit. Here's what we have to realize. Jesus in his humanity was at the lowest point in his human existence. He'd been lied on. He'd been insulted. He'd been slapped around, spit on, been beaten and then crucified on a cruel Roman cross. He's hanging there with nails in his feet and his hands. It was at this point of his crushed humanity that he said, unto thee I commend my spirit. Jesus was saying, my flesh, my humanity, my body has been beaten, it's been crushed, it's been bruised beyond recognition, and yet at the slowest point of my life on this earth, I give what I have left to you. Would you give it to him today? <laughs> oh, hallelujah. The sweet ministering spirit of the Holy Ghost right now. I know we're not running the aisles. But God's ministering to the hearts of people today to help us to realize that at the lowest points of our life, we have the potential to release and change the atmosphere of where we find ourselves. The pure form of praise that can only come from brokenness.
Yeah. 